In this next interview, we talk to Ralph Risch, the CEO of Phylos Bioscience. With a bit of a storied past, Phylos has kind of turned a new corner and they are diving into seed genetics to help sustainable planting for commercial growers. So we talk about a little bit on the science side of how seeds are created, how they've developed these really cool genetic markers and what they're doing to kind of move the industry forward on both the social equity side as well as the scalability side as cannabis becomes legal. Join us in the green room. So hello, we are back in the green room and today we have Ralph Risch from Phylos, the CEO. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Ranjini. Yeah. <laughs> so um, today we're kind of talking about, you know, a lot of anticipation with MJ BizCon and as we were coming into this conference, um, what did you expect coming into it and what, are you, what were you most excited about? Well, this is my fifth MJ BizCon. And what I've learned is, uh, and especially this year, right, with the pandemic last year, yeah, the most beneficial thing of coming here is just meeting with people. And in my case, seeing people that I haven't been able to see in 18 months. Mm. Uh, you know, the cannabis community is uh, unlike any industry I've worked in. And really just being able to reconnect with people face-to-face, -face, yeah. talk about life and cannabis, it's been great. Yeah, one of the things that I've heard this week is like, it's not just about the conference, but it's also like the bonding that's happened over the pandemic of not being able to see each other, right? Yeah. The connection there. Um, so a lot of things, a lot of times when I uh, interview people, we usually kind of start with the journey, right? And that's like a big part of most people's story of why they're in cannabis, how they got to cannabis. So how about you? How did you get into cannabis and what did you do before? So I, I had a career in high tech and I, uh, I started out as a software developer. I had a couple companies that I started and grew and was fortunate enough to exit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was kind of happily semi-retired. <laughs> um, but one thing, um, well, it, something that happened to me is probably something that happened to a lot of people in this industry, which is like my life was personally touched by cannabis. Mm -hmm. uh, I have an autoimmune disease. and it started in my 20s and it kind of got progressively worse. And by the time I sold my last company, I thought I would never work full time again. Mm. And I discovered, I basically did my own internet research and I discovered RSO and you kind of have to do this personal experimentation because there's no you know, doctors that'll help you with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and for me, it was life changing. And so that got me interested in the science side. Mm. Um, Bioscience was one of the first science companies in the space, so it was a natural connection for me. Yeah. And when I started working with the company, I realized they had brought the best scientists in from outside to really understand the cannabis plant from the DNA up. And you know, I just dove in deep, and you know, here I am five years later uh, as the CEO. Very, very cool. Um, so I, I hear that Phylos is doing a lot of interesting and really cool new things. And so tell me a little bit about a kind of the Phylos mission and journey of like what you guys are doing in the industry, what you hope to achieve and how, how it's moving forward the whole industry as well as a whole, you know? Sure. So we're a genetics company, yeah, which means we are breeding new varieties of cannabis. And for us, we looked at cannabis early on as something that needs to be grown at scale, basically a crop. And, you know, it's only been bred in prohibition, you know, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, in basements, right. under the radar. 
it didn't have the sort of scientific approach that has happened in all the other crops. And so it doesn't have the agronomic traits. It doesn't, it's not ready to be grown at scale. Mm -hmm. And we set out, the team set out in 2014 uh, to put together the tool set that would enable us to really rapidly breed this plant, rapidly improve it, so that when people are trying to grow acres of cannabis, it works. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. So we have, we have seed lines now, we have uh, individual clonal varieties, and they're all enhanced in, in important ways for those cultivators. Okay, so what exactly are the seed, like how does that work? What, how are you guys helping with the scalability side of it? Yeah, I'll just give you a, an example. So yeah. um, historically, there haven't been any what we would call stable seed lines mm -hmm. in cannabis. Um, and so if you buy seeds on the internet or you know you get them some other way, when you plant them, you get a bunch of different uh, phenotypes. Mm -hmm. Meaning each plant looks slightly different and has slightly different qualities. Our seed lines, we have gone through a process to create true F1 hybrid seeds so there is uniformity. And if you look across a field of our plants, it looks like they might have been grown from clone. Mm -hmm. That's just the first step. You know, it's sort of a, a, a bar, you know, a real low bar to cross, but mm -hmm. just to have uniform seed lines was the first piece. Now we're improving the potency, we're improving the flower quality. Uh, and step by step, we're going to bring those seed lines to the place where you, you can't get a better clone than you can get from seed, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a multi-year journey. Yeah, I mean, science takes a long time, right? Yeah, sure. um, so, you know, how did your scientists kind of come up? I know you guys have some really special seeds that are, um, you talk about autoflower and photo CBD on your website. So how do you guys kind of come up with what you want to create and what kind of seed you think would be, you know, beneficial to large scale commercial growers? Yeah, we, we listen really, first and <laughs> foremost. The cultivators that are out there yeah. are very experienced. They know what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. uh, every time we go to a farm, we're learning. Uh, and we, we get our breeders out in the field. We get our, our cultivators and tech team out in the field mm -hmm. and we learn what's working and what's not. And we have a set of traits that we've prioritized. Okay. We found genetic markers for 15 of the most important traits. And we're using those genetic markers to do an accelerated breeding process. So it's not GMO, mm -hmm. it's traditional breeding, but we're accelerating it because we can test the plants at a very early stage and see, do they have that important trait? Oh, so then, then the quantity comes by cultivating the ones that do have the important traits. Is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah. So we create 2,000 seeds, we germinate those seeds, and we test them all. Mm -hmm. We find the 200 or the 20 plants that have the traits of interest, and those are the only ones that we grow up. Okay. Uh, and then we select on all the other criteria from those plants. Right. And, you know, breeding is really a numbers game. Yeah. If we could... It, uh, have a bigger facility we would but you know we've got an 80,000 square foot facility and by optimizing the process we're able to look at a lot of plants mm -hmm. so baby your kind of focus in bread and butter is actually in the seed itself not exactly in the plants right the plants is for you know you need to test them make sure the seeds are working so um what what can people expect and and who's going to need these like kind of um i guess commercialized seeds we think there is going to be a bit of a sea change in this industry. Yeah. Right now, people grow from clones because they have to, um, but 
you, if you're growing from clones, you have to have a room full of mother plants. Those are a source of pathogens into the grow. Okay. You have to, you know, in a very manual way, you've got to take cuttings off of each of those plants. Uh, it's it's really expensive and it's not optimal. But historically, you know, there haven't been those stable seed lines yeah. that would enable you to to replace the cloning process. Mm-hmm. We think that 60% or more of the cannabis production will be ultimately from seed. Yeah. And it's going to be a huge transition for the cultivators. And what will enable that is these seed lines. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think I read something about um, your social equity program and you guys, you know, donating seeds and kind of taking a position of, I would say, like just responsibility uh, for, you know, helping moving the industry forward in a, in a positive direction. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, how you guys are donating seeds and what you're doing there? Yeah, I think. So we view ourselves as a triple bottom line company. That's something that uh, we, even at the board level, committed to uh, over a year ago. And so we've got an environmental component to that, and we've got a social justice component. And, you know, personally, I think that um, in the cannabis industry, we have a special responsibility uh, to advocate for social justice because the war on drugs, uh, you know, the victims of that war have been people of color predominantly. And those people are now largely not participating in the industry. Right. And, you know, it's a problem that is not going to be easily fixed. And I won't pretend that um, we're um, going to be able to do more than, you know, step by step, uh, try to make a contribution there. But right. for us, the first piece was uh, to start donating seeds to farmers of color. So um, each of these last two years, we've donated a million seeds uh, and we have some amazing partners uh, who help uh, not just get those seeds to the farmers of color, but then support them through the process of, gr- of growing those uh, hemp crops. Oh, that's really cool. And usually how many, uh, I, you know, I'm not a grower, so I don't know. How many um, seeds do like this million seeds go to? Like how many different farmers you guys uh, uh, It should be as many as 200 farmers. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're all different sizes. Yeah, Some of, of them are just getting going with hemp. Um, and I would say, I, I don't have an exact number, yeah. probably between 100 and 200 farmers this year. And how do you find these people or how can people apply to get this? Um, we have a couple partners. Um, one is, um, there's a, a black farmers association, uh, that we work with, mm-hmm. um, university or, uh, Oregon state university is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a list on our website. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where people can, uh, find a, an organization that's near them that can support them. Awesome. Um, so one of the questions I have, uh, you know, this is kind of like more of a seed question, but you know, you're talking about, you just mentioned this million seeds and, um, you know, what is like when you're dealing with working with seeds and I don't know if it differs from, if it's like a produced seed versus a natural seed or whatever the case may be, what is the net of like germination? Like how does, you know, you mentioned like maybe 20 plants will germinate or, you know, out of, out of 200. So, you know, what is usually the net fall off? Like what do people expect? No, actually our, our seeds uh, have a germ rate, a germination rate always over 90%. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And some is a fake number I used. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, that's an important piece, right? They need to be a hundred percent feminized and 96% germination rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the kind of numbers that we target so that people know when they buy our seeds that 
they're going to get a crop out of them. And how long does it take to produce like some types like this science? It's like sounds really involved. You have to do. I mean, you're you're working with genetic markers, so I imagine along with that, along with testing them with the growing and you know testing them out, how long does that typically take the cycle to create these? It took us many years to build the um, the capabilities to um, genotype the, the plants, right, mm-hmm. to do that DNA sequencing. And we even partnered with a company called Illumina, which is the biggest sequencing device company in the world, mm-hmm. uh, to build a cannabis-specific device. Mm-hmm. From there, we ran thousands of plants through. We uh, were able um, to use that DNA data to find the genetic markers. Mm-hmm. That's when we started the breeding process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for clonal cultivars, we can turn out new plants every three months. Yeah. But for seed lines, it takes two years to create an inbred line, uh, yeah. two to three years. And so once, so we've done that work. Now that we've got the foundation, we can create new seed lines every year that are enhanced. Okay. Uh, but we're also always creating new inbred lines. And so... Uh, it's if you look at the timelines for our team, mm-hmm. they'll sometimes talk in terms of five to ten years. Oh God, uh, <laughs> that, some, that must be painful. <laughs> in, in, in this industry where things change so quickly, yeah, it's it's hard to think in those timelines. But we know that there are some fundamentals that won't change, mm-hmm. and the the traits that we are targeting are those fundamentals. You won't see us trying to hit trends with our seeds. Right, right. Well, looking at what I saw at MJ BizCon at the conference and walking the show floor a little bit. And even pre-conference, a lot of the stuff that we're reading is like the seed is the future of the cannabis industry. And we are seeing like a lot of these companies pop up that say, you know, we're the best seed and 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 we're the best seed. And so you're seeing a lot of people now starting to talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, what what really kind of differentiates seed? What What are the qualities that people should be looking at when they have to compare, you know, you versus someone else. Sure. First of all, I would say seeing is believing. Okay. And and any any seeds you're going to buy, whether they're ours or someone else, try them in your own grow mm-hmm. and uh, see how they perform. And and talk to the company you're buying them from, and see how much support they can give you in terms of SOPs or 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 information to to be successful with the seeds. I would say. The, the, the low bar that everybody should be hitting is uniformity, mm-hmm. uh, 100% feminization rate. Uh, you shouldn't, you should not have different phenotypes and you shouldn't um, ever have a male in the grow. Okay. Uh, those, if people are hitting that bar, and uh, I know that sounds obvious, yeah. but it, it just hasn't been that way until recently. Yeah. Um, you know, then you can start to look for all the other traits that, that growers want to have. And is that particular to like, you know, are you, are your, the traits of your seeds are going to be different than the traits of somebody else's seed. So like, you know, do you think at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of like, like, oh, well, we like this design better than this design. Or do you think it's going to be a mixture of a lot of different ones? I I think there'll be a lot of uh, successful companies in the space. Uh There's room for a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, I will say, in our case, um, we feel like a laser focus on the needs of our customers mm-hmm. is going to enable us to turn out seeds that make them happy every year. Uh, and then if other people can do the same, great. 
you know, it's better for our customers. It's better for the industry. When you guys are developing the science, do you think about how they're going to be using it at the, at like the end product? Or do you, are you really just focused on like getting, like you said, uniformity and these like certain markers that you guys want to hit so that you can have a successful flower. But like, do you actually also see, okay, this is, they're probably going to be using it for this. So this is how we want to design it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only science to a certain point. Yeah. It's an art. Yeah. Right? And our, uh, to give our breeders credit, they are scientists, but they're also artists. Mm-hmm. And any seed that we are shipping out, we've grown it multiple times in our own facility. And then in partner facilities, we've looked at it in different climates and different regions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're very much real world breeders yeah. and not just, not just uh, theorists or scientists. Right. I think also, even like what you guys are doing with the science and technology, I think getting it set up for that when everything is opened up, people can be ready to go. And, you know, we've always said at Philos, we have a window of opportunity here. You know, the the big traditional ag companies aren't in the space. Yeah. And it enables groups like us and some of these cultivators and product people to really establish um, a, a footprint here. Uh, that will give us the ability to, uh, to last last. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really, it's, a, it's really exciting. Cause like a lot of the brands that we're talking to and people that we're talking to, it's just like such a very volatile time for the industry. So like, there's so much that can happen in a positive way. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people are looking forward to everyone, you know, doing the right thing and moving everything forward and going in, like doing all the right checks and balances to make sure that it happens that way. Yeah. So. No, that's Absolutely. awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you for doing this. This has really been great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a question. Yeah, please, please, Ben. Um, so what I found really interesting, what you said is like everything basically that you've planned for is sounds like about five to 10 years, you know, in the making with, with these seeds. And I think that's really cool that you said you, you don't follow trends. Uh, what is what is true five to 10 years ago um, that is finally now coming into flourishing with these plants um, that is still true, you know, five to 10 years later of what the market wants, what it needs and what, what these, you know, people getting these seats want and need. Something we said five years ago is that um, the, the market was going to need seed lines that were stable. Yeah. Stability. And, yeah. And people didn't really understand that because they viewed seeds as something that you buy when you want to hunt for some new things to clone out. Uh, but we always thought there's a big percentage of the production will ultimately have to be done from seed, and that has proven true. But like when you when you were originally like selecting these seeds, because is it is it all hemp or is it all some of the cannabis? Yeah, we have both hemp and cannabis uh-huh. seed lines. Yeah. Were Were you trying to target? Because like now everybody you know talking about trends, like everybody's like complex terpenes, and the more complex terpenes, sure. the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, what what kind of like foresight did you have specifically with the THC based, uh, you know, plants? A few things. We we set our sights on some minor cannabinoids early on, uh, and we now have some minor cannabinoid plants that are producing a much higher quantity uh, than has been seen before. And we're now also seeing some of the medical uh, research validating that those minor cannabinoids can be really helpful. Uh, so that's a big victory for us. Um, on the THC seed front, uh, you know, it's funny. I Every time I say this, people are like, that's it. <laughs> but we knew that seeds would have to be consistent. They have to have 
high potency. They've got to have yeah. bag appeal or at least, you know, mm. extract well. Smell. Yeah. But, but literally it, the first Holy grail was to get seeds that were consistent, you know, true F1 hybrid seeds. And we've nailed that. I don't want to get too much into futures, but all the other good stuff is coming. Right. You know, and we can kind of build on top of that <laughs> seed platform. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I think a lot of companies are like, just you're they're trying to get a, system in place that's going to work for them and then they can get creative with all those things after you know with everything else and and they still have a little bit of time right the the window is still open for right now um which is the other exciting thing i mean we've had contact with so many high level people and ceos and and people that have been in the industry for a very long time but are still accessible um and i think that window for People like me and people who are podcasting or doing media, um, that window is also going to close just like it did with the tech boom where, you know, at the very beginning, when everyone was in the startup, you can talk to people really easily. You could walk up to them and chat with them. And and you could do that now, like here at MJ BizCon. It's really cool. You can It's easy to get access to people. Yeah. Um, that's going to be over in like five years. You're not going to be able to talk to, you know, CEOs or you. You'll, you'll you know, you'll be <laughs> shutting the door on people. So. No, I'll, I'll, I'll still be accessible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's just a very exciting time. But I, again, appreciate you coming. And um, did you have something to add to that? I did. So you, you were asking about traits. <laughs> Yeah. And um, an important trait that we identified early on is, is autoflower. And if, if you're not familiar with autoflower, typically cannabis uh, doesn't flower until it you turn it the light cycle to 12 hours of light, 12 hours of darkness. Uh, it's a 12-12 light cycle. With autoflower, they flower when they're ready to flower independently of the light cycle. And it's a subtle thing, but it is incredibly important uh, it means you don't have to have light deprivation infrastructure. Um, it means that they can be grown in a in a very short uh, grow window. You know, in in northern regions, uh, it means they can be grown at the equator, where it's always a twelve twelve light cycle, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so that autoflower trade is one that we we put a bet on early on, and we think that's going to be a critical part of the of the production. I'm I'm very excited about that. I was working for for a client of mine trying to take um, photos, and they were giving me a tour of the whole place. And they're like, "Oh, by the way, the lights on the med side, which had the more beautiful flower to take pictures of, was at 12:45." And so, like, I was like, "That gives me like two hours to go take pictures. Like, like, and do this." So I, I can see that being really huge. And then and then I imagine probably um, uh, breeding out some of the the plants because I heard that you know a lot of some of those strands and those exotic ones start to herm. And that will disrupt a whole uh, crop cycle as well. Yeah, it's another great example. And again, this is where we listen to the growers. Uh, and if you weren't in their grows, you might think that all that you need to do is come out with you know, new colors and, and smells, <laughs> right? Um, but plants that herm, and specifically some varieties, I'll just give you an example. There's a variety called GMO, very popular. It'll hit 30% THC, uh, and people like the aromas. It has a tendency to herm. And so we developed a variety of GMO. It's a, you know, a, a derivative variety that is herm resistant. 
And um, that's a subtle thing. It's a big deal. It's a yeah. huge thing. Yeah, it makes a, a lot of money for them down the line, right? Like yeah. for, for these growers, that's why these seeds are. I, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> if you, you, you you get a herm in your grow, and uh, and it can pollinate a whole room and destroy your crop, oh, yeah. so that could be a millions of dollars problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This has been very informative. Um, the science, well, the science of cannabis is like still just being discovered. So I think I think it's we're just going to hear a lot of other cool sure. things coming up too. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks. Great question. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you.